somebody's gonna be triggered. Yeah, somebody might be triggered. I mean, yeah. there's there's fine lines between uh, degrading racial jokes and just absolutely silly, ridiculous, almost dad jokes. Those are almost. We, I used to make a lot of jokes. There used to be a lot of Polish jokes too. You know about the Polish military. I don't even know where those came from. I guess the Polish military is just horrible. But I used to have a lot of Polish jokes. Now you, nothing you against were, the Polish people. Yeah, you you were you were a military guy yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. how how were the racial jokes? Even within the. Uh... Uh, the military, you know, that there's so much of this uh, army of one. You know, one color green or whatever. I don't know. They they got a bunch of slogans that kind of uh, pull you out of uh, identities like race or gender or politics, and they just want you to be a soldier, follow, order follower, and and not worry about you know. So, so, it, so it, you don't you don't feel that tension in the military? No, not, not at all. No. With the whole which is strange for government because they're so big on it. And if you've ever spent time in prison. Uh, or, or jail, you'll you'll see that it's super racial and segregated and almost purposeful. Um, versus in the military, it was it was you know this well, is your I, brother I, and from another mother type. You know that wasn't about race. Well, yeah, I've I've, uh, I've spent quite a quite a bit of time working in jails and, and such. Very segregated, right? It's like yeah, they, it's no, like it, they go it, back to the 1930s. It's, it's mainly in the it's, it's in a prison yard. It's not in a jail. The county jail is a little bit different, but. They they still click up. You still have your blacks, you know, in one area, the Mexicans in the other area, that sort of thing. But at the same time, though, you, you go in the day room, everybody's sharing the table, and I'm, I'm speaking locally, like you know, in this in this area. Yeah. Inside of that jail, it's it's just it's just what it is. They everybody's not really that big on race, but when you go to some of these bigger prisons. It's all about, just let it be understood, it's all about race. Whether, whether you're an all-out racist or, or you're, you're the total opposite, yeah. you, you got to be with your group. Right. Now, e- even like on the outside looking in, I don't know why the politics is like that. I don't know either. They definitely don't try and correct that. They don't like purposely try and mix people and say, ah, none of this segregating bullshit. It's almost like they encourage it. And you see it in Hollywood a lot too. Like a lot of the Hollywood movies based in jail, it's you know the KKK guys and then the black guys and the you know. I know Hollywood. Hollywood. I think Hollywood is responsible for a lot of um, a lot of a lot of the racial uh, tension. Uh, I mean, I mean throughout. I'll say throughout all the 1900s, all the way up to today. And I've actually, uh, I, I actually sat there and watched most of um, the Birth of a Nation. You ever, you ever saw that? Uh, you ever saw that film? Is that based around the Germans? No, 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 no. That's that's way no. Uh, a Birth of a Nation. It was all about the the KKK. This is this is what this is what this is like that second wave. It, it brought up it, it brought upon the second wave for the KKK. This is when the membership. Rose up to like what three or four million people members okay. that is, but what it is though, that movie was made like way in the early 1900s. This is this was when film was in, was was in its infancy, right? And so when you actually watch the movie though, it's nothing like today, because basically nobody's talking. It is all about camera angles and and things like that. But what it did though, it 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 spread. A horrible message toward all whites because when you look at the film if I can somehow summarize it basically you have a society you know ran by white folks and all that stuff you know you gotta think this is the early 1900s and all of a sudden you have these blacks they come into the Capitol building they, they take all these different official positions and they're literally just taking over everything and that's that's really the, the gist of it all and so these black guys, they're they're taking over the government. They're they're um, they're they're trying to get out get at all the the white women and all that stuff. And there was even a a, a particular scene that I remember. There was this black guy. He was trying to assault this this white woman, and the KKK they came to her rescue. They ran all the blacks out. They they ran them out of office. They ran them wherever they were taken over. They they ran them away, and. 
the KKK were considered the hero. They, they saved the country from the blacks taking over. Mm. That's, that's a birth of a nation. That's, that was a legit movie. It was supposed to be a pretty prominent movie. Mm. It was really more about you know, the, uh, the, the, way, the way film was done. And it's kind of the standard today. Based off that movie, it, it, it has a lot, of, a lot of history and a lot of ties behind it. But the aftermath is that it, it wound up raising the, um, it, it, it helped the KKK as a, you know, as a hate group, it, it became prominent because it wound up picking up millions of people. Yeah, it's a 1915 movie, it looks like, three hours and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, all through history, the minute film has, uh, has been created, and even before film, it was in theater, um, governments and, and ruling class have been used in that for propagandists, you know, propaganda films. I mean, almost every war, every war I can ever think of, uh, each country in their own country created their own films. And much of it was racism because, you know, we kind of, evolved out of a very cliquish tribal uh area i mean really america is really the big great experiment because we're the biggest melting pot in the world it was kind of a planned um thing and uh uh i think most of the all of the world really came out of uh segregation and racism because it was your tribe and people that didn't look like you or the others they were you know and it was a constant battle you know forever i mean really race mixing and uh you know everybody finally getting together uh is only happening in you know certain countries uh you know like america and uh it's it's uh you know now we've got mixed kids mixed babies everybody's getting together which is great because i honestly think the more there is of every different type of person out there the less racism there's going to be because it's going to be harder and harder to be an us versus them type scenario. So you know what? Let me. It's not. It's not like I want to disagree, but I, I got a, a different perspective, and I'm gonna explain it. All right. I think. <laughs> I, I just think that we we we're mixing race, the difference in race versus the difference in culture. Personally. Personally, and I'm not trying to, to sound like segregation should be back and this and that. I, I think we're all against that. Well, most, if not. I think in terms of culture, where there's a black culture, and I'm going to say it, a white culture, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, I think all those cultures should be as strong as it should possibly be. In other words, it, it should be culture over race, all right? And I, I do think it's, it's, it's real silly that we do get tied up with the whole skin color thing. You know, I look at you, I see your skin color, right? And just, on, just based on your, your skin color, that's supposed to just tell me everything about you. I should be, it, the focus should be on your culture, what you do and how you do it. Your skin color is not going to tell me how you do anything. Your skin color be no different than than your T-shirt, right? In other words, like it, you know, like it, like even looking at your T-shirt, that doesn't necessarily explain like your style of uh, like how you wear your clothes, your your particular uh, favorite suit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to say that you can't dress up because you're wearing a black T-shirt, that that says a lot. But you know, going back to the point I'm making about about culture, I, I think a group of people. The ones that look alike, I, I feel like they should keep stick together, and and it should be all about the focus. Should be all about the culture. It should never it should never die. It should never it should always be intact. So mixing cultures with a different culture, personally, and I'm not speaking for you or, or, or the next person. There's nothing wrong with learning another person's culture, but like mixing it, personally, I don't I don't agree with it. You probably think the opposite. I don't know, but. I, I personally do think, and this is just a side of the fence I'm on, I think culture should never change. It should stay what it is. It should not be disrupted. Yeah, it's so uh, it's, it's complicated because even, even race and skin colors is kind of a construct that, that we gave us. And, you know, because really skin color has nothing more to do than 
where your ancestors evolved on the earth, you know, whether you're closer to the equator, you, you're darker. If you're closer to one of the north or south poles, you were extremely lighter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so we've kind of segregated people in, in, in the ideas of race and then double that with culture. And, and culture really has to do with location more than skin color, right? Because you can be, uh, you can be an African and you know, uh, somewhere over in Sudan or something have a completely different culture than, say, you know, a, a black American, right? Even though you're the same skin color. Totally different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that a culture is too hard to define I'd even push back on white culture being a thing. I think black culture is fairly established in America, but I don't think black culture, I, I think it probably should be called black American culture to be more accurate because it's not the same culture as black guys in the in the islands or in Africa or wherever you want to, you know. You were actually explaining that to me earlier, which I, I want to look more into. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and white culture, you know, what's white culture? There's, you know, depending on which Jewish person you ask, they'll tell you if they're white or not, you know. There's, there's Russians, there's Polish, there's Dutch, there's Irish, there's, you know, uh, German. There's so many different white cultures that I would say there's really not a white culture that there's an American. There might be an American white culture, um, but I wouldn't say there's a, a white culture. I, I just don't think there's a, uh, there's a cohesiveness because white people come from so different. You know, an English culture is way different than Russian culture right or or greek mm-hmm. or italian or you know jewish or whatever whatever you want to you know australian or whatever everybody's and th- those people are all quote unquote white right so culture to me is just what the local area is doing regardless of what your skin color is right um but i and you were saying you think that people of certain cultures should group together and i think people shouldn't even no way. Let me let me let me make sure I clarify that. Different cultures, different cultures. Since I, I don't I don't I don't want to see cultures different cultures mix. In other words, I'm I want mix. I want to see different cultures. <laughs> <right>. I'm pro mix. <laughs> I okay, well, good. So you know, I'm again, I'm just on this side of the fence. Like, like you know. That's not even touching religion, too. And religion's often very highly tied with culture also. I mean, most people get their religion from what area they're in. You're, you're you know, and what your this parents... In, this, this in terms of... Because when, when, when I think of culture, I think of traditions that, that's tied into it. Because you have some cultures and traditions in which I kind of see as the same, even though it's, it may be defined differently. But I, I do think that the two are somewhat conjoined. And I think of it as a, gener- a generational thing, especially, you know, you got, you got some cultures and traditions that go back generations, hundreds, some maybe even thousands of years. I'm just a believer in just me not wanting to see that ever get disrupted. I get what you're saying. So here in the de- definition of culture, the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively... Oh, that's a tricky definition. The customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. It's like yeah, a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's uh, cultures all over the place. Um, you know, uh, that's just when it goes back to the, hey, we're one, one kind, mankind. You but know, just, and, and just, just all these differences me, are just divisive. But just by me saying what I said and how I said it, it's kind of like I know in my mind what I'm saying, but I, I sound like I'm... I'm wanting to segregate things just to to be hateful. You're a culturist. Like as a third, yeah, yeah. See, that might somebody may You're culturist. It's like a racist, but about culture. You <laughs> no, know, I, 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 I might be. A, I, you know what? That I might be the first, <laughs> probably not the last. But well, and and you know the podcast that we did earlier was was about the N word, and there's a difference right there, right? Like if you were to use the term black culture, right? Yet. You know, black island black Rasta types. They yeah. have more of a you know Rasta culture, Rastafarian, and they don't say the N word. And then people in Africa have all sorts of different cultures, different also. dialects, different right. And so when you say black culture, it's like that's such a, an umbrella that I I'm saying it should be black American culture. 
because then you get into the, you know, okay, your typical uh, R&B or, you know, the N-word and, and um, there's a certain dialect and, and, you know, there's all the stereotype stuff that people will say about black culture, well, but, black- but that doesn't umbrella, that doesn't contain, you know, black groups of black people around the rest of the world who are a completely different culture. I mean, you know, black culture, whatever culture, I mean, it's an American thing. And, you know, the United States, compared to other countries and cultures, is relatively young. I mean, hell, what, the United States, it's been incorporated 1776 versus other countries that, like, let's say, compared to, to Egypt. Egypt been around for, for thousands of years, and we and Egypt is still here. Right. There's Egypt, Rome, you know, all those, all those um, other places. Right. Whereas America really started forming up in the 1800s because you've got the different purchases of lands going west, north, and south. And you so, know, because 1776 was just, you know, it's just a piece 13 of paper. colonies. Yeah, and, it's a piece of paper basically of just, just marking, right. hey, this could be the beginning of something, you know, to what we see now. And, you know, I'm, especially look at these last two years, really, as a, as a reminder, I, I just feel like this country, and I'm not trying to go off tangent, but just, just tying into how relatively young this country is, this country is still trying to find itself right now. Right. This country still had, and, and I'll, this country technically still has no identity. I mean, obviously, you know, the freedom of speech, uh, when we come here, everyone do their own thing, do what we want to do. I don't think there's, compared to other countries, what, what's, I don't think there's really a true tradition, <laughs> so to speak, compared to other countries. Like, right. look, at, look at China. Right. Oh, yeah. China's sure. been around for, I mean, China can actually be compared to like an Egypt. They have, they have customs, they have a culture. Again, that's 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 been around for thousands of years. Only right. compared to like Africa, uh, apparently, is it still true that the oldest bones is found, you know, somewhere in, somewhere in Africa? Yeah, that it, sounds it, right. I mean, a lot of people think uh, all of humanity come out of Africa. And also, and and I, I'm no history buff, but apparently, you know, all, all the all the different continents was one once one big huge landmass. Right. right, land bridges. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That's the thing is our history gets really, uh, really foggy uh, the further you look back because, you know, we weren't writing anything down. There was no internet. There was, you know, carves and stones and that's about it. So we've got, you know, hieroglyphics and, uh, you know, that's it. So that's why I think the easy, and I I just think about how long humans should have had to to have evolved for us to look so different color-wise. Right. I mean, just think of a, a, a Chinese face, you know, the facial features, how light their skin color is compared to somebody in the middle of Africa or in the middle of, you know, Central America. Wildly different features and skin color. And that came from microevolution and, you know, a long trail of ancestors evolving right there under that amount of sun in that area. Um, uh, and here's another thing, too, just to add to that, like... For a great example, when you look at China or Japan, their features, which you, when you see, uh, let, let me just, you know, put all the, when you see one, when you see a person who's Chinese or Japanese or whatever, you know, there's no mixing, there's no mistaking a, a, a Japanese guy from a Nigerian guy, right. right? And in that region, in that area, that's a, that's, they have traditions, customs, all, that area to me has is, is just been untouched. All the way down to their their physical appearance, but what about here in the U.S.? <laughs> you know, in other words, can can you just can you actually um, like let's say um, there's not really a population at all, like let's say in uh, Antarctica somewhere, right? Not that we know of. <laughs> and I'm, I'm picking that area because can you if an American what 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 does a typical American look like feature wise? <laughs> Yeah, there I is picture no, some is, sort no, of very light-skinned no person coming out of California. That's what, I mean, That that is the thing about Americans is, yeah, it was settled by Europeans or, or conquered, however you want to put it, um, by Europeans. So you've got that as a majority, but it's been a planned uh, melting pot, uh, the biggest melting pot on the planet. 
you know, we've got like 330, 340 million people and only half of them are European or, or white descent. Mm-hmm. The other half's a complete mix. Um, that's like no other country out there. I mean, China's 1.4, 1.5 billion, almost all the Chinese. largest population. Right. I mean, India, it's almost all people from India. You know, Russia's pretty wide. I mean, you can go around the world and, and we're the great experiment. That's why when people say, oh, America's so racist, I, I think they're untraveled or they're just watching too many news because really this hype about American being racist, you know, and people always want to spell it America Ameri- with the KKK in it. And I just think that's yeah. uh, short-sighted of how great this country is and how incredible it is for uh, America to be out here and be in a social experiment. We're, and we're hard on ourselves because the TV is telling us that we're racist, you know, the news, and that there's a government playbook that's been around forever um, that the more you divide people by whatever you can, race, gender, you know, uh, a religion, it, it, it lets the government come in and be the, an easier controller. Let me throw this wrench in there. So, that's a, so you want to say it's sort of a lack of patriotism? Well, patriotism is being being hijacked now by uh, cancel culture, as if you're now if you're a patriot, you're no longer about your country. You're now a white supremacist, supposedly. I mean, they're they're attacking patriotism as as a you know racist. So you, you're speaking to me before I even got the chance to answer. <laughs> My fault. Got, no, uh, no, that's a good thing because my next question was going to be is 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 being patriotic is is only. Um, Kind of, it goes hand in hand with just being white. Is it only just a white thing? Well, that's what they're trying to say, but it—that's it, what the left's trying to paint patriotism as, because they see patriotism as revolutionary types that will not put up with government. So, government wants to paint them a certain way, so that people disassociate. Well, I don't want to be called a racist. I'm not a patriot, you know. Versus, patriots always normally been a good a good word. You know, it's just like nationalist, right? Mm-hmm. A nationalist is somebody from a particular nation that's really about their country. Well, a nationalist, you know, the Nazis were national socialists, right? That, yeah. And then depending on what country, what area you're in, a nationalist could be a, a, a good term. Like, well, I'm a nationalist, you know, because I'm really about America. Oh, no, you're a white nationalist. That's a racist. Okay, well, so th- the film and Hollywood and mainstream media... They're continually kind of forming people's opinions about these labels, and it's evolving a- as we go. I mean, patriotism used to be a great word that everybody got behind. Now it's now depending on who you ask, uh, a patriot, you know, could be somebody that that they see as a domestic terrorist or an extremist because they want, you know, freedoms over gov- you know, freedoms instead of more government. It's, I've always, I've always taught patriotism for some reason. With the military, mm-hmm. and I was one of the guys who almost I had I think I uh, talked to you about this, but I, I had one foot in, one foot out. I would have wound up being with the Marines and things like that. But I've all I, I for some reason always tied it tied it into to the military, and it's kind of like for me personally, yeah, I will be fighting for the country. I will be fighting for every every street corner, every neighborhood. You know, it didn't it didn't matter your race because. It's like this as a black man, you know, I'm not I, I know I don't I've never set one foot in the country of Africa, you know, even though I can claim that all of my my ancestors, you know, my, my great 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 however many great grandparents were from there. All I know culture wise is, is here on American soil and. Yeah, we want to call you an African-American, or people refer to you as African-American, even though you and me might have the same type of background, because if, if, if the established, if most people are saying that all of humanity came out of Africa at one point, then we all can trail back to Africa, right? So, so being called an African-American is kind of a, a, a not, the, not the most accurate term either, because I would say, you know, somebody like Elon Musk is an African-American, yet he's a white guy because he was born in Africa and came over to America. That should be African-Americans. Uh, and, yeah, and, based on labels, but, you know, right. I guess if you want to... Like, would you, were you more comfortable with black American or African-American? Which one do you think is more accurate? I'm going to be real. 
like well, well, first and foremost, I like I don't even I don't even think about it too much. So like it, like if you call me or refer to me either way, in other words, like I'm walking up the street and you say, "Look at that black guy," it's not like I'm going to turn around and say, "What?" Yeah. If you say, "Look at that," but and this is on the spot for me right now. If I walk up the street and you look up and say, "Oh, look at that African guy," right? That would and be- I'm gonna be real honest with you. I'm like, "What? Yeah, I'm not from Africa." Right. <laughs> but if I said African American, I'm from the like, same oh, city okay. as you. <laughs> yeah. You know, but a, a lot of people, um, a lot. Of, I'm gonna say a lot of other people, not everybody. I'm always saying fifty, fifty percent. In other words, like if there's a group of people that that think one way. And I think there's the exact same amount who thinks the opposite. But there, there, there's a lot of people out there who get way, they, they get bent way out of shape with the whole, the race thing, the racial profiling and things like that. I mean, you know, the, the same could go for you. You walking up the street, if I say, hey, look at that white guy, you might just keep walking like whatever. But if I say, look at that, that French guy, you just might turn around and correct me. <laughs> you're not French. You're not Italian. You're not, you're going to say what? You're gonna go with what you know. You're from. I mean, you know, if I get the not. DNA test, I'm 75% Dutch, but I, you know, it's been many, many generations since any of my family members were actually born or raised in Amsterdam or Netherlands. You know, so, I, so you know, I don't call myself a Dutch American. I just call them. I, I would preferably I would say. I'm just an American, and I would leave the skin labels off. In fact, it's kind of a fine line to when you use skin labels. Like if I'm going to a party and I say, ah, let's go to this party, it's just going to be a bunch of black guys, it's borderline getting a little racist versus, hey, it's going to be a lot of guys, right? Versus if I'm trying to describe somebody to you and I need to differentiate, uh, you know, identifying features that will help you know which person I'm talking about, you know, like you would with when you're, talking to law enforcement law enforcement will say well what, what skin color you know you're well, not yeah, just going to say a guy robbed my house and i don't want to say what skin color so you have no idea what you're looking at so there's times when it's appropriate to use skin color and there's and then there's other times where it's just better to leave it off because why is it important you know um and that's that's a fine line right i mean oh yeah like it's a it's, it's a reason it's only us two of course but it's a reason why you do use uh, labels because yeah in law enforcement if you're running after a guy you don't have time to give like an entire paragraph of, of what <laughs> who you're running after right you're gonna say it's like this they're tall short <laughs> and the cutoff line is like either you're over six feet or you're shorter than six feet right you're black white and unfortunately I, I, I'm not gonna say this is everywhere with within the agencies but if you're Hispanic, and depending on your, your skin color, you're also white. Mm-hmm. That's just how, if you happen to be of a darker shade. And again, because you only have seconds to actually describe this guy. So basically, it'll be you know, tall, African-American, male, medium build, something like that. And that's, that's all you get. And so labels, labels do, unfortunately, help. I mean, hey, you know, you know what? When, when I'm, let's say if I'm going out somewhere, and even when I describe people, yeah, I use skin color. Sometimes I don't know what their race is. And you know what I say when, when I don't know their race? Mixed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to. Right. Because to somebody, especially if you happen to be biracial, that could be incredibly offensive. Right. I mean, that, that, can, that can even get somebody like me in trouble. Yeah, and, and Hispanic's actually an interesting one because really the, the color of your skin is going to be like the indicator of whether or not you're native from Central America or whether you came from Spain or Portugal. And with the conquistadors and the Spanish wars and you know all that, it's such a mix. When you see somebody from Mexico and they're light skin, most likely you go down their line, it's from Spain or Portugal. Mm. But that person might consider themselves not Caucasian at all just because they speak Spanish, they're Latino. I mean, they're, they're Latinas as white as me. Yeah, their skin and, is and real, they, real claim, pale. Yeah, their hair. I actually have no idea. Right. And it, it's happened. You know, I've, I've definitely, um, not misgender, but what do you say, mis, uh, you, mis, uh, you, you misinterpret their race, so to speak. There's, there's a lot of people I thought was white, wasn't even close. 
Right. Matter of fact, it's only happened to me one time, actually. I, not, not one time, actually, a few times. I thought a person was white. Turned out they were black. <laughs> there are albinos. That's one of the reasons right there. For, not even from a distance. A person walked by, especially if you start playing with your hair and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean to. Now, with the whole misgendering thing. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've, I've had my fair share of misgendering. Now, as a third person, I've watched people not only misgender, but they, they go to flirting with them and all that stuff. And you know, I, had, I actually did it, did it on the court the other day. There was, uh, there was somebody that we were playing with that oh, was a bit of a pat where, where you can't quite tell if they're a boy or a girl, uh, and you don't want to try and guess which way. And there were names on the board. And one of the names was Erica, and we were trying to track down Erica. And I walked up to this person. I said, "Hey, are you Erica?" I don't know who you're talking about. Too. And the person said no, and said a guy's name. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm over. I'm done. I just messed this up." <laughs> and and if you know who I'm talking about, this person looking at him, like if we were to take a poll, it would be really, it would be really divided as to whether or not that was a male or a female. And. Uh, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. this, but. this is gonna, I was going to say, this is going to actually t- you know, tie into intentions. All right? Right. I can misprofile someone. In other words, I'll, I'll think they're black and they're really white or vice versa. I'll think somebody's Hispanic. I'll think somebody this and that. If it's an honest mistake, I just don't like seeing people be up in arms about it. You know? I don't, I don't like seeing people... Uh, you know, like, and if they do have a problem, like, let's say, you know, especially they want to correct you, there's nothing wrong with, like, with you pulling me aside and say, hey, by the way, this is what it really is. But what I don't like, and I see too many people doing this, they'll go to, uh, to a third person and they'll especially take it to social media, which I, I don't get. I don't know why, like, I don't, I don't get why people, instead of approaching a person face to face, pull them aside, whatever, tell them what it is. Everybody got to hide behind a screen and, and, and project all their problems to everybody in the world <laughs> except the person who triggered you in the first place. Right. Why people do that. And well, maybe, maybe that's, and, and, I'm, and maybe we're just getting older because that's, that's beyond me right now. I, I think I'm that goes back to uh, government tricks with getting people to blame groups of people that have nothing to do with their actual problems, right? Like, Right now, one of the real popular ones is to blame white people, right? White people are the problem. They, they did all this. Everything that goes wrong is some sort of form of white supremacy. Um, and it's easy for the government and mainstream media to sidestep and get you to blame problems on your neighbor because they look different versus the problems that are actually happening. Because if we really united on the problems that we all have, you know, regardless of what your skin color is. I mean, we've got much more of a class warfare going on if people really were paying attention, you know, uh, than we do a race problem. But if you're watching TV, you would think, oh, we've just got this huge race problem. America's so racist. You know, oh, black people are just getting hunted down by, by cops, you know, and no one else is. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's these ways of getting people to blame each other and it's just an old, 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 long-running tricks by government to, you know, you don't need to, to rule them. You divide them. And then, and then you sit above them. Well, it's working now. Oh, big time. Big time. Like, we were talking about, it's, you know, the, the N-word and how they're using that as cancel culture with, with Joe Rogan, who's clearly not racist. You know, no, they did the no. same thing with Trump, right? Like, he, clearly he was a, a Democrat sweetheart and... All sorts of friends never was called a racist his entire 70 years, and all of a sudden he's 71 running for president as a Republican, and he's the next Hitler and the worst white supremacist. You know, and people buy it because they control the film, they control movies, or, or a large enough amount to push people's opinion to blame each other instead of connecting the dots to what's actually going wrong, right? And, and the N-word's a big one, right? And, and people are getting canceled over it when it really doesn't have anything to do even if somebody had a racist slip you know that doesn't define their whole life but they're trying to say it does at this point if you've said the n-word and you're on film and you're the wrong skin color well let me not dance on like going like joe, joe rogan i mean we even in the last in our last conversation we, we, we were dancing around the whole thing with, with joe rogan that's i think what he's actually going through 
He's not canceled yet, but he's he's knocking on the door at least. I think it might. The backfire. whole the whole thing started with the the COVID misinformation, right? Right. And, and that didn't get him canceled, so they then went with the N word. So, yeah, so so that's it. So they wound up going a new tentacle. Right. All right, Neil Young, and Neil Young's actually he it seems as if he's he's pivoted a little bit. He's still looking for somebody to. He he's going all new tentacles. You no, know, when I say tentacles, like he just has a reason to be mad about something. It seems. It was Joe Rogan. Now he wants Spotify to um, to be taken down. Now he already, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the whole thing you know, when you're canceling somebody, number one is all about you know cancel culture, and it, it seems like cancel culture. I think it's already understood that it's it's, it's it's being weaponized, and it seems like those who are behind canceling somebody, it must bring some sense of some sense of power. Big time. They feel like they and, and that's that's all. Yeah. That, that's the focus right there. Yeah. If I can't get you on um, the COVID misinformation, and by the way, I don't think no news outlet has even told the masses what the what that misinformation was. Right. Yeah. They're not did, debating did, did you it. Find, just, I, I didn't. Right. No. No. No one is. No one's saying what exactly that misinformation was, even though the people he was interviewing were uh, were more credentialed than anybody complaining. I mean, this guy. I think uh, Dr. Robert Malone, he's uh, one of the creators of mRNA vaccine. I mean, he's, his credentials are beyond Fauci's, way, beyond anybody's. And by the and way, they're I, saying I've, he's misinformation. I've actually watched all, I watched that very episode, by mm-hmm. the way, just so happened. I watched all three hours and six minutes of it. Yeah. And I even watched it again, <laughs> skipping parts to rewatch it. Right. And it's, it's still going to be my choice to take the dog on shot or not. Right. I, I, I don't need Robert Malone to tell me. The only, the only interesting thing, and you know, not going off on a tangent, but the only, the only interesting thing that I've gotten out of that that whole three-hour episode when he was talking about, um, what is it, informed consent? Did, did you even did you see the uh, did, did did you see that episode at all? Yeah, I, I've I've saw it. I'm not sure if I remember which part you're talking about. Bod- bodily autonomy is important, though. You know, I mean, in other words, you know, if the doctor should warn you about the risk. Of you know whatever it is that you like, let's say you're getting surgery or something like that, right? Yeah, they should be able to tell you, hey, these are the risks. You can possibly die on the table, but if the if the surgery is successful, you'll be healthy again, right? Or you can take this other route, I and, think, and from I th- there you you have a choice: either you take this route or that route or nothing at all, right? And his point was with this mandate, pretty much it, it, at least this is my interpretation. With this, with this vaccine, we kind of have no choice. We, we got to take it, or you're being persuaded to take it, whether you want to or not. And right. it, and this affects your kids. So for me personally, it's like I'm like, hmm, that is something to to think about. Now, is it going to totally change the way I see things and this and that? But I thought he brought up. I thought in that one little segment, I thought that was an interesting point that Malone he that he brought up. Yeah, and it's not really a choice in my book if you're losing your job and uh, or you're losing your livelihood or you're using your ability to travel or get work or it's it's no longer a choice. Um, no matter how much they keep wanting to say it's a choice, that's that's not a choice. It's coercion, you know. And and uh, they're doing a good job of controlling all the information out there so that people can't make a choice, and that's why they're so active about going after censoring people because the truth doesn't fear examination the liars do you know and 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 if they can't even have people hear both sides to make a choice because it's it's not about choice it's about getting everybody to comply and to get used to vaccinations and to get used to government control and that's it. And if you're against it, you're an extremist, and they'll they'll claim it's a choice so they can get skate around some constitutional issues and human rights issues. But it's it's, it's becoming not a choice. I mean, it's already basically not but a choice. It, but is it really Rogan's fault that he has actually gotten more popular or even more uh, trusted than the media itself? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, what 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 is what is what is the media doing that's so wrong? I mean, it's almost a rhetorical question, by the way. They've done a lot of things wrong in these last two years. Well, I mean, CNN's best best show, I forget who it was. I, I heard the other day, it's like 800,000 viewers or something, That one of their best shows. And uh, Joe Rogan has, you know, 11, 12 million viewers 
on just one podcast. So, you know, their fear is they can't have he's basically part of the mainstream media and they've got to control all the mainstream media to keep the narrative, keep what they want you to believe going. And they just don't even want people to even hear the other side of it. Even this, if it's from a credentialed doctor. I mean, but people this, always this say dude, trust the science. But This dude actually said himself that he's, he's no journalist, but people still listen to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I He's just interviewing people. He's giving people a platform. We're, and, we're talking right now. We're talking right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he does the exact same thing. And it's striking fear in the, in the, uh, within the media. The, ma- the other media that's not Joe, in other words. On- only because of his reach. If he didn't have a reach, they wouldn't care. Like, w- we could say all the right things to each other right here and be completely right. It wouldn't matter because no one's listening to us. And that's the power is, is an audience, what your audience is. Um, you know, because that's your reach and that's how many minds you're changing. Um, so if, if Joe Rogan didn't have a reach and he just had a modest little podcast with maybe you know, 50 to 100,000 viewers, we would never be hearing about Joe Rogan. No one would care. But it's the fact that he's got that much of an audience and he's allowing both sides of the conversation to happen that's so threatening to the narrative because now he's the, main, you know, he's the mainstream media and, and actually, they don't control him. And it actually goes to how powerful that, that N-word is, tying that back into it because right. this, that, that word alone that he was reciting, now even through my understanding, Right, it's it's. I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's on the brink of taking taking him down, but it is it is kind of threatening, kind of what he's built. Well, and that goes to show you how powerful it is, right? Uh, COVID misinformation is what they allegedly were trying to get him at, but that wasn't getting him canceled, which it shouldn't because it wasn't COVID misinformation. But so they go to Plan B, which is let's go through Joe Rogan's entire history. They spend money to do this and find every time he said the N word put it completely out of context and just put it out there and that should cancel him. And you saw plenty of, uh, uh, you know... Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to let uh, the other stuff... The, the Rock. Book. The Rock took back his... He stood up for Rogan with the COVID claims of misinformation, which him are just and, uh, ro- some other. bad accusations. And then somebody showed him the tape and he, and then The Rock tweeted again, well, due to, you know, due to this, he's not he's Wasn't not that the old Joe video anymore. of him... Um, Oh, you talking about the the video of the rock when he was imitating Chinese or Asian? Like, well, there, a, there's a, a lot of people accent. that that stood up for Joe Rogan when they were saying, "Oh, he's co- he's he's getting people killed with COVID misinformation." And there's a lot of people that came through and said, "No, nah, he's just interviewing people. What are you so scared of?" And then some of those people, when that didn't work, they came up with the N word uh, highlight, you know, little short clip that Joe. Unfortunately, I don't think he should have apologized for it at all, but he did. Joe's such a nice guy. He's trying to play both sides in a way. I forgot a different and, perspective on apologizing. And, and then that is what got some of those people that were standing up for Joe to say, okay, never mind, we can't stand up for him now that we've heard this N-word clip. Even though it's completely out of context, he was quoting other people. He was quoting Richard Pryor or some other things. He, he might have said one discolor thing, but... Out of you know thousands of hours of Joe talking, to narrow it down to, you know, twenty five seconds of him saying the N word, out of context is exactly what mainstream media does best. Have, have you ever been on the news? Once. <laughs> did they did they they cover your story right or did they twist it? Well, it's more like it was cut short. Okay, I, I was on the news. Sure. I've been on the news a couple times. Uh, the last time. I, I was blown away because it was about when Austin did the introduce the energy audit and I was selling a home and one of the news vans came by and said, oh, you're selling a home. What do you think of the new energy audit? Can we interview? I said, yeah, I, I got ready. I got all dressed up, got a tie on. They came into my house, yeah. you know, sat there for 20 minutes. I said, you know, the energy audit's fine. It's not a big deal. It's only, you know, a hundred something bucks and you can figure out how to be energy efficient. I talked about it good. And I, at that point I was a green builder, right? I was literally getting two, three, even four-star awards on my green builds from, from LEED. Yeah. And so I was pro-green. Uh, I watched, they, they asked me one, one very specific question. They said, well, if you, if you, you know, some people aren't happy about this, what, what would you say the problems with this are, if there are any problems? And I said, well, you know, it is an extra cost. It's something else you got to do. You know, you're at the title company. You got to figure this out. Uh, and, and so I said, the, I said about 15 seconds of bad stuff. 
they ignored the entire 20-minute interview, edited down to that 15 seconds, and dubbed me unhappy homeowner. Oh. Right? And if you would have listened to the whole... And I thought, wow, the news just lied about energy audits that I was for. I I just... They they can get anything they want narrative, and it doesn't even have to be a subject. They almost lie and twist everything. It's like when they interview you, they're just interviewing as you as a puppet. You know, you could say you love the color purple, uh-huh. and they'd be like, why do you, well, say you don't like the color. What would be the downsides of color purple? And you'd be like, well, you know, it's, it's associated with rich royalty. And they, they would just play that clip and say, yeah, Ray see, hates yeah. purple. Mm-hmm. And that would be, I mean, that's how easy it is for the news to just get what they want and puppeteer us without you even knowing it. Um, and most people haven't been on the news, so they don't, they don't get this. But it, it is, the news is that bad at lying and getting what they want. And they don't, they need fear. They need, there's a playbook to news to get, keep people locked in too. And it's, you know, it's a lot of negative stuff. It's a lot of psychology. Um, but it's just bonkers how, how they can take a topic and twist people's opinions um, and you might not even know why or, or what for, but they do it all the time for the, sil- for the silliest reasons in my book. And I think it's a lot of fear mongering and psychology and stuff like that. But, you know, that's what they're doing with racism and the N word. And they won't take a guy's whole life. You know, they'll edit it down to that moment and say, this guy's a piece of shit racist. Let me actually tell you the, uh, the, the video I've seen. I, I wound up seeing that, that little compilation after the fact, the, the very first video I've seen was the one that was that was yeah. uh, apparently played by uh, was it India Ari. She was the one who it, it, that video wasn't leaked by the way because it wasn't like she was withholding anything. It was an old video, and that was the one of him going to a movie theater in an all black neighborhood, and he made I guess the joke, or he was jokingly saying how it was Planet of the Apes when he was when he entered the neighborhood and all that stuff. Yep. That was the one time I, I agree. I think Joe slept in. He even said that right afterwards. Like you know what? Actually, that, that that's that's a little racist. And I he would, corrected himself right away. I would actually raise an eyebrow, but I could just say, okay, bad joke. I'm mean, honestly, I don't I don't feel like saying it's a good joke right now because of all the the heat that is taking. But and, and I probably would raise an eyebrow. I've heard I've heard black uh, uh, folks uh, make those things too. But if you're black and you make that comparison, it's not as near of a big deal. In my opinion, it should be seen the same way. But, you know, like Eric was saying earlier. Yeah, I was going to. his sweater? That's mine. Okay. Uh, you know, it matters what your skin color is versus what you're saying. And I'm saying that it, I, I wish we lived in a world where it didn't, right? Yeah. I, I'm saying if, if what I'm about to say sounds racist and, all, and I say the same thing, but this time I'm a black guy and saying it. And you're saying, oh, well, you're a black guy, so you can kind of say that, and it's not necessarily racist. I disagree. I think they're both racism. I think as a white guy, you can be racist against white people. I think as a black guy, you can be racist against black people. Uh, you, you just can't. Because if you think less of them in, in a way, you know, I, I think that's still racism. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can somewhat agree with it in a sense. Like, they're, like going back to the N-word and everything, black guys... They do use the N word against other black guys in a negative way. It's really all in the, the tone right. and how you use it. Right. All right. So in other words, like if if a black guy calls another black guy the N word, it's because he's trifling. He's you know he he he's going down the wrong path. He, he don't care about how he's living or his life in general. You could be called that in a negative way by another black guy. Now even to me that that can that it's like it's a letdown. Right. Now. Let's go to a white person calling another white person, depending on who it is. Because I actually had a, a interesting conversation with a friend of mine. I, I just flat out asked him, I'm like, what's the worst thing that a white person can call another white person? And I decided to uh, actually take a guess first. I was like, would it be uh, like a redneck? Yeah, she, you know, she kind of gave that same look. She was like, nah. No, because rednecks are typically country. Uh, but that, that's that's that, that's like a black guy calling himself ghetto. Yeah. But the one thing she did say, and and maybe you can confirm this, okay? Apparently, white guys don't like other white guys calling them white trash or trailer trash. I was, you took the word out of my mouth. I think I think uh, white. Trash so which one is? Probably, what? I think white trash is probably the the harshest one because the other one sounds so silly. You know what are they? Mayor monkey crackers. 
I don't know. Some of them are just so hilarious, almost hilarious. And also, I don't think white Americans are very tribal. So it's like, you know, if a white guy sees another white guy getting beat up, he in his head doesn't think, oh, that's one of my tribe. I need to go jump in and help him. They could care less. Right. Mm. I, I think a lot of white people aren't very tribal at all. And so that's interesting. Also, yeah. also by that, whereas some races are. Some races, you know, a black guy sees another black guy getting beat up by a white guy. Like, there's a higher chance that that black guy is going to jump in too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, because some people are, are have tendencies to be more tribal with their own what they look yeah. like. I think it's all racism, but um, you know, I think white people are very non-tribal with each other, and I think that is also a reason that there's not really a white culture. I mean, like I said, there's Russian, Jewish, Italian, Greek. Australian, English, I mean, it's all over the map in completely different cultures, accents, even languages, French, you know, there's Spanish. There's but the white, of, so you're saying, so basically the white Americans, they don't really have their own. Right, I don't a think. Lacking, a lacking I, tradition. Yeah, no, white own. Americans are more, I mean, I think white Americans are more likely to be racist against themselves uh, sometimes than, than racist against other people. Now. You mean today or... Today, because uh, always. Uh, no, I would say more today, because today it's a, these years it's a lot of you know everything's white people's faults. Oh, they're the oppressors. I mean, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, and you can answer this personally or not. White guilt. All right, how much you think that that kind of goes into play with with all the you, you see all these different uprising, you know, amongst Black American things like that. I think that there is a whole lot of terms, just like white guilt, that it's all negative and it's all mostly in the people's heads, right? Like I go through them just off the top of my head, right? And these are all going to be negative, right? There's white fragility, white privilege, white guilt, white flight, white tears, white fear, white grievance, you know, white people be like, white mediocrity, white spine. I mean, there's on and on words and these phrases are yeah, all, on. <laughs> yeah, these phrases are, are all negative and disparaging and racist, right? Whereas if you go to black terms, right, uh, you know, black girl magic, black excellence, black owned business, black history month, black love, black power, black beauty, black hairstyle, black lives matter, big black cock, blackish, black culture, black church, black owned, black fitness, built by black, black joy, blacks. I mean, there's tons of phrases that are used on the TV that are very positive for black, very build up. Uh, you know, you, you would never, uh, like, if somebody were to say black guilt or black fragility, mm-hmm. they would be determined as a racist. Oh, that's right? Like it's, it's, it's... right. But, but yet there is no equality. There's people always crying about we need to treat people equally, yet they're doing the opposite. You know, so when you you ask me what I think about a term like white guilt, I think it's created by racists and it only exists in racist heads. Like this idea that if you're a white person, you should have some guilt for a history um, that you weren't a part of. And that's really a, a selective history because pretending that white people are the only oppressors out there when the majority of white people are, are poor or not in a rich person or government position and ignoring the rest of the world as if it was just white people conquering the whole world, ignoring what went on in Asia, ignoring you know, what went on in Africa, ignoring what's going on today. It, it's this us versus them um, mentality. And in America, if you want to split us in half, about half is white people versus non-white. So it's the perfect thing to come up with these terms like POC or BIPOC. You know, which I think are racist terms anyways. Heck, if you ask me, I think black history is racist. I mean, is there Jewish history? Is there, you know, why, why segregate our histories? Why segregate months? Why, you know, it, it's, it's all divisive racism that's disguised as progressivism and activism when it's actually dividing us further. You think that's coming you know? from only one source or, uh, or, or, or would you actually say it's like a... I think it's a combination. Trick, I think it's a trickle down. Uh, I do think that there's certain. I, I would say, I dare say that there's uh, Jewish supremacy uh, that's not talked about. I would say there's black supremacy that's talked about, and I would say that white supremacy is over talked about. 
Um, and if you have, you can have a supremacist type mindset in any way. And one of the tricky ways of being a supremacist is basically, you know, like if somebody were to start a White Lives Matter group, I would be against it. I'd be like, no, this is silly. Just just as much as I'm against Black Lives Matter or any type of, because of course you matter. Of course you matter. Who's saying you don't matter? So it's it's there's a lot of psychology in these in these uh, skin labels, you know, like uh, like. Hold on, be, be, before you continue, let me. I'm I'm, I'm gonna piss off some people because Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter was the biggest menstrual cycle I think we've ever seen. That's all. <laughs> I said it. Menstrual. Cycle. I, I I hope I didn't throw off your your, your train of thought, but I, I had to put that out there because. Well, and you can't argue against it. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, of course, Black Lives Matter. And and but segregating or saying it that way is pretending like there's not a bunch of people in the same boat. It's pre- it's it's pretending that blacks are black Americans are in their own boat and having it harder than than everybody else, which is is just not true. Now, most of what Black Lives Matter goes off of is the stats that say black guys are over-policed, they're overrepresented in prison, and the sources for those stats are typically like FBI or DOJ or something like that, right? But what Black Lives Matter ignores is the cause of that. And they claim the cause is, well, it's just everybody's hunting for black guys. It's not true. The, the cause is black guys are more active on the other side. The same places they get those uh, per capita stats from that say, over-policed, overshot. They ignore the other side of those same sources that say black guys are shooting more people, are getting into crime more, are robbing cars. I mean, have you ever seen these bait car shows, you know, mm-hmm. where they set up a car running? You think yeah. they just say blacks only still this? No. But 70% of the people that'll go up to it I happen to be black. Now, did the, is the car racist? I mean, there, there's tons of ways where you, people are ignoring the causes and pretending that the results could only be white supremacy instead of the actual real causes of it. Let me actually, uh, it'll actually be a side point. This, this, this is something that, uh, frankly, it, it, it frustrates me a little bit, you know, with the whole thing with black-on-black crime. And I do feel like with the whole thing with black-on-black crime, even though I do feel that it's, it's a problem, it is a problem, I come from a neighborhood that's like that, and yes, that, hell, 100% of the crime that's committed in these black neighborhoods is what it is because it's all black neighborhood. Yeah. But they have all white communities. Yeah. And and guess what? When there's a crime being committed in that all white neighborhood, right. well, who's going to be by? Right. White people. Right. I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but the 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 biggest thing that's that's going to and you could just literally walk outside of your front door of that community and say, "Hey, it's not about white folks right. doing things to white folks." Right. Same thing with Right. Hispanic and, community, Asian communities. If it's a community, right. everybody's going to do infighting. Right. And exactly. nobody, what I just said, you won't, you won't hear a word of that uttered on well, any mainstream. Well, here's community. why. They, they try and break down any arguments like black-on-black crime as a white supremacist talking point, right? But, and it is true that every race or every group of people uh, will go at themselves more. And I think the... I know the only reason people bring up black on black crime is because the idea of Black Lives Matter is they're worried about black people dying that shouldn't die, right? And mm-hmm. then people wonder, well, if you're really worried about that, how come you're ignoring the 90? Because it is a higher rate than any other race. I just happen to know these stats. But it, for black on black crime, it's in the low 90 percent. For mm-hmm. white on white crime, it's in the low 80 percent. That's a, almost a 10 percent, about a 10 percent difference. And then, you know, same with Hispanic, Asians, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it goes lower and lower. So the highest per capita rate is still on black and black crime. I mean, when was the last time you saw a video of a bunch of Asians beating down a black guy to death? Yeah, you won't find it. Good luck. Okay. And black Americans are large, the per capita, they're one of the larger, stronger people compared. I mean, it's rare when you're going to see an Asian beating up a black guy. Okay. It's typically the other way around. It's also going to be rare to see if ever. A black guy being hung from a tree. How about this one? How about this one? Because I feel like... It's almost more likely to be a hate hoax crime than it is a real crime if a black guy's hanging from a tree. I mean, just, just I, think I, about I just, the hate hoaxes, I just hoaxes feel like calling time out on all the BS because 
I'll, I'll challenge anybody who had the same skin color as me. Have you ever seen a black guy hung from a stairwell in a, in a, in a housing project by a white guy? That's, I want somebody to answer that. I want to see a video of it. I want to, you know, everybody has a cell phone right now, right? I want to, I want to see this first cell phone of a black guy being hung from a stairwell in the in the projects. Right. I want, I want to see it. I want to see a white guy walk in the middle of the courtyard in the hood somewhere and and, and do all these things that's that's being talked about. And that and, and that's, that's that propaganda. And that's exactly why people bring up black on black crime, right? I don't think people would bring it up if Black Lives Matter didn't exist, right? But because Black Lives Matter exists and they claim that the majority of reasons black guys are getting killed are white people hunting them down or cops, that's why people are constantly bringing up black on black crime because they're like, well, look, a uh, hundred black guys just died. You didn't care about 99% of them. You just cared about the one that got killed by a white guy, right? And when you start seeing that trend, that's when people bring up black on black crime if, it, if there was a white lives matter i would say one of the biggest points i would bring up is that white on white crime if there was an asian lives matter you know i might bring up actually asians are really low on the people that take themselves out in america it's actually mostly i think black muslim white that are taking out asians more than asians even take out each other so the asians are real low but yeah people are only bringing up black on black crime because BLM exists. If BLM didn't exist with their narrative claiming that black guys are just dying by the bunches by cops and then then people wouldn't even bring up black on black crime. It's not a thing. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing. They're only bringing it up because BLM exists. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to put this out there right now just in case if ever I'm put on a spot like I would care. You know, just this 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 to kind of put out where I am with with Black Lives Matter. I can care less about Black Lives Matter. I just said it. And those within Black Lives Matter, whether it's the march or the organization, I do feel like you have a lot of honest activists out there, boots on the ground, the one who really wants to see actual equality, right. all the good things under that umbrella. Right. And they're getting caught. I would, I would actually call for them to step away from that movement, that organization, whatever, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and do your own thing. Give it a different name, give it something else, but stay away from those three words. Right. Well, the, and people are being being conned because, like I said, there's big psychology plays in it. Like, you know, they always say government names stuff that the opposite of what they're doing, like the Patriot Act. Right. The Patriot Act is basically spying on wannabe patriots in America that the Patriot that, the, you know, if 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 the American government wanted to take out teddy bears, they would call it the Teddy Bear Act and they Teddy Bear Care Act or they would throw in something. So a lot of things are named the opposite of what what they mean um and i think we're seeing with all this financials uh that i think it's mostly the democrat party just funneling and using uh blm and the pressures that come with it and the the guilt that's perceived you know in 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 white people and they build up on that and they and they can control protests they can control the division they can uh make politics seem like you know, if you're black, you got to vote for Biden or the Democrats. And if not, you're a sellout for voting. I mean, they, they really can control people by continuing these narratives that are just. That one little lies. thing you said, that, that coercion mm-hmm. uh, tactic. Pretty much, hey, we got this thing going on. And they'll tell you with a big smile, hey, we, we like for you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You look like you could be a very strong uh, addition. But if you go against this. <laughs> You the enemy, and uh, there's gonna be consequences for right. you. Then that kind of turns into, dang, if I don't do this, right? If I don't be a part of this, I'm like, I don't know what could happen to me. And per- like, I really don't like anybody who 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 has tactics like that. I mean, it, it could even actually be something personal. At you know, even to a personal level, like if if um if I wound up telling you, you know, hey, why why don't you join my my basketball team, right? And if you decide to play with the other team, now I gotta start calling you names. I gotta, I'm gonna look down on you. You's a, you know, you're, you're a coward. Mm-hmm. I mean, just 30 seconds ago, you was about to be a great teammate of mine. Right. But just like that, I snap my finger. You, you decide you want to play for the other team, which is your choice, your personal choice. Now all of a sudden, you're a coward. You're, you're, you're the opposite of everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything I, good. I, identity politics. I, I just don't. I just don't like. 
I don't like those tactics from anybody. And, and, they're, and, and they're used in almost every way. Those tactics are so effective. The us versus them, the identity politics, the if you're not with us, you're against us. That there's a purpose in it. I'll just give one example, right? Like, let's say the fight over police, right? One side is, is, is we need to defund the police. It's based on white supremacy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the other side is so busy licking their boots, they're just not even interested in, in doing anything. They think the cops are perfect, right? So you got these two extremes, and the answer is in the middle. But you never hear people talk about compromise in the middle because it's important for them to keep the extremes. They want one side to say defund the priests and KKK police, KKK cops, or whatever the popular yeah. sayings. And the other side so busy licking their boots, they won't even acknowledge that there is a lot wrong in the police state. You I was just going to actually... And, um, and they, they keep those extremes on purpose in almost every subject, the abortion subject, the, just, just anything, because... The government's not really about compromise. There's so many places we could be compromising in the middle. The government's about control. So they want these extremes to stay extreme so no one will work together. And so government will always be the overshadowing person that's manipulating both these sides. And give. And it's easy to do. Like you only give the deep on the police people a, force, a voice, you know. And then you only give the back the blue bootlicking types a voice, mm -hmm. and you don't get the middle a voice at all because mm -hmm. the middle's the solution. The compromise, the solutions in the compromise. You keep those extremes, you keep control, and this is just government playbook one on one. I mean, they don't they don't deter. 